we're, uh, we're going to hop back into uh, 1 Peter, uh, but this time we're going to be in chapter 3. We've made it through the first two chapters. I'd like to tell you we're halfway done, but there's five chapters, so we're not quite halfway. Um, you know, it, it's been a few weeks a week since we, we were in Peter, and if you remember, I talked about at the very end of, of the, not last week, because last week was Mother's Day, but the week before that, that the first two chapters, Peter deals with a lot of philosophical type things, the ideas of living right, and since your salvation is secure, and he talked about that, and all that kind of stuff, and now here, he's going to start jumping into the more practical things. You know, okay, since your salvation is secure, since Christ is the one in charge, since he's the cornerstone... This is how you should live. And he's going to give some practical examples on how you should live. I want to give a caveat right off the top here. I am not a husband. I am not a wife. If you don't like what I have to say, take it up with the author. It wasn't me. My goal, as it always is, is just to present what Scripture says and hopefully teach it and divide it in the correct way. As not being married, I can't draw on my own personal life experience, which is a down, it's a con, but I'm going to look at this as a pro. Since I've never been married, I don't have my own baggage to bring into what this says. Hopefully, I can just look at it and say, well, this is what the Bible says to do. So let's look at this, and, and we are going to deal with wives to husbands and husbands to wives and we're going to look at what this says. No, this is not the Ephesians passage that everybody seems to hate so much. This is Peter. He's a bit different. Let's see what he has to say. 1 Peter 3, verses 1 through 12. It reads, In the same way, you wives be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. Your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also, who hoped in God, used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. Verse 7, you husbands in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. To sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead, for you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For the one who desires to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Number one, wives to husbands. Number one, wives to husbands. In the same way, you wives be submissive to your own husbands. All right. See you guys later. No, no, just kidding. Why? Why should wives be submissive to their husbands? I'm, if you notice that Peter, Paul gives his own reasons. And, and maybe one day, if I'm feeling brave or foolish enough, we'll unpack those reasons. 
But Peter gives a very distinct reason for why wives should be submissive to their husbands. Why? So that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. Wives, I, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I, I don't think this is going to come as a shock to you. But men are very controlled by women. We like to think that we're the ones in charge. We like to think that, we are, that, we are, that we're the hot shots. But let's be honest. Be they our mother, our sister, our wife, whoever they be, generally men are fairly well trained. We spend our lives being trained. You know it's true. Let's just put it out there. Amen. Yes. But here's why. Here's the most important thing. Wives, you have a chance to show your husbands who Christ is. You see, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more when we get into the husbands to wives. Men and women are completely different. Our culture tries to tell you they're interchangeable. They're not. We were made distinctly different from one another. We talked about it last week with how moms are to their, their sons and their daughters and stuff. And it applies to this as well. Wives, you have a chance to show your husbands who Christ is by being submissive to him. Now, here's what this is not saying. This is not saying if he's telling you to sin or leading you down a path of destruction, you should just be like, oh, yes, husband, I will follow you wherever you go. That is not what that's saying. I don't even think personally that this is saying if your husband is abusive towards you, you should be like, oh, yes, husband, I will accept this. I don't think that's what this is saying. What it is saying, though, is that the husband naturally, by God, is the leader of the household. When they get to heaven, when they are face-to-face with God, they will answer for their household. They won't answer for your sin, but they will answer for your household. And you have a chance to build him and help him be the man he's supposed to be. I'm going to tell you a secret. He can't do it without you. He can't. It's just the way it is. And you have a chance to show him. I know There are husbands that don't come to church here whether wives do, and you have a chance to show them. And it might take years, but when you get to heaven and God looks at you, do you want to be able to say, I did everything that I could. I lived the life you told me to live. Or do you want him to look at you and go, I gave you a chance, but you didn't take it. It's such an incredible burden. Women, you, we talked about it last week with moms, and I'm telling you this week, you have such an incredible burden and responsibility. You just do. We all have our own, but this is an incredible thing. Then Peter continues on, and he says, your adornment must not be merely external. I have heard it said in many, 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 many places, women, you should not be putting on makeup. You should not be dressing real nice because it's what the inside that matters. It's not the outside. Poppycock. Peter does not say, don't put on a dress or put on makeup or put on earrings or a necklace or whatever it is. What he says is, do not be concerned merely with how you look on the outside, but be concerned with what you look like on the inside. We all know these types of women. We know this type of men, too, but we're focusing on the women here. That they look great on the outside. And you're like, oh, look at them. And you get to know them a little bit, and it's like this toxicity. They destroy everything that they touch. Everything they say is horrible. And you're going, 
how can somebody look so good on the outside and be so horrible on the inside? That's because they've spent so long concerned about their outward adornment that they don't care about their inward adornment. And Peter doesn't just say, what, don't do this. He gives you the example. He says, listen, this is what it should look like on the inside with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit. Again, I'm not saying, women, you should shut up and not say anything. And that's not what Peter is saying here. But what he is saying is, women, be that quiet backing for your husband. When he comes home and he is fired up and he is ready to go, be that gentle, calming spirit for him. We're going to talk about this uh, when we talk about the husbands a little bit more. But men, let's be honest, we understand anger. Men have a... the flip, they can just switch. And I'm not saying women don't, but traditionally, men deal with anger a little bit more than a woman does in a lot of ways. Be that gentle, calming spirit for him when he comes home. When he's ready to just blow a gasket, don't egg him on. Calm him. Be the one that says, now hold on a second. Be the one that points him to Christ by what you do. Because to be honest, when you get to heaven... Jesus really isn't going to care what you're wearing. Lord willing, you'll be in white robes that are washed in the blood of Christ. So we're all going to look the same anyway. Well, have the same dress, robe, whatever you want to word use. But he's going to care a lot about what you look like on the inside. He's going to care a lot about that. Women, you have a chance to do something incredible for the men in your life. And you'll answer for that when you get to heaven. Now let's look at what men have to answer for. Husbands to your wives. Number two, husbands to your wives. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. We'll talk about this in a second. Weaker does not mean inferior here. That's not what that means. We'll talk about that in one second. But first off, husbands to your wives, be Uh, Your husbands in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. I've talked about Jeff a few times. He was the, the mentor that I had while I traveled on Rise. And one of the things, one of his rules for Rise is that he would have no more than two women on a team. Not because he thought they were inferior. In fact, he turned down women that were better than the men. Why? Because he knew he didn't know how to deal with women correctly in a lot of ways. He recognized his own shortcomings and his own failings, and he realized you're asking for some trouble when you have a group of men and women traveling together. So he was protecting himself and protecting others. And he instilled in the men that were on the team, he always said, listen, men have have their own strengths and their own weaknesses, but one thing about women generally is that they feel deeper than men do. They have a wider range of emotions than men do. We joke about it a lot, right? You hear men joking about it all the time. Well, she just went off the handle and this and that. And, oh, she must be PMSing. How many times have you heard that? But the truth is, you women have a deeper sense of emotion than men do. You were created that way. Call it a motherly instinct if you want to. Call it whatever you want to. But you just do. There are so many times when I'm sitting back, it happens. Don't tell them. Don't let them listen to this. It happens with my sisters. They'll be doing something, and I'm just like, what is going on? give it up or whatever. What the heck? But they feel deeper than us. Now, I'm not saying that men, we don't have emotions. We do. Now, a lot of times we've been taught to kind of swallow them up, swallow them up a little bit. But what this is saying is deal with them in an understanding way. Realize that they are different than you and strive to understand. 
when she is at her wit's end, when, she comes home, when you come home and you're fit and ready to go because of work that day and she is beat up because she just spent the past 24 hours with the four-year-old who has screamed nonstop and she just desperately wants to sit down and talk, do it. Don't be like, no, I'm so tired after working at the office all day. You might be tired. Suck it up. When she wants to sit there and talk with you, when she wants to go out and have a nice dinner somewhere, when she wants whatever it is she wants to do, be that for her. This is saying be the strength. While she is the gentle calmness behind you, be the strength behind her, men. Be the rock that she can fall back on when she desperately needs it, even when she doesn't desperately need it. Be the rock that she can fall back on. Be the one that she knows, that she can trust, that she can lean on in her moment of need. Men, you have been placed there to be that for her. You're not Christ, and I'm not saying you will take the place of Christ, but you have been put there as this physical person to take care of her. Being the leader does not mean you get to make decisions willy-nilly. It just means you get to be the one who takes responsibility for those decisions. Being the leader is not fun. It is not easy. It is not something to be, uh, 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 my, the word just left my mind completely, um, greedy after, covetous, there we go. It is not something to, to want in that way. It is a responsibility you have to deal with her in an understanding way. Now let's look at weaker. Notice it says, as someone, as with someone weaker. It doesn't say because she is weaker. It says as with someone weaker. If you are a step ahead of somebody, two steps ahead of somebody, three steps ahead of somebody in life or whatever it is, and they're struggling with something, you don't look at them and you go, look at them struggling with that. No, you look at them and you go, let me help you. Let me try to be a comfort to you, to help pull you along out of this, maybe give you some wisdom in this. That is what this is saying. You are not stronger than women, men. In fact, and I think a lot of you men would agree with me, and if you don't, don't say anything because you'll be dealing with it later. Women are stronger than us in a lot of ways. You ever have to think about, and I'm not even talking about childbirth, but just everything else. Women deal with so much more than us men do. It's just the truth of the matter. She's not weaker, but help her as though she is. And finally, to sum up, to sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. I mentioned at the top, and you all know this, I'm not married. I don't even have a girlfriend, but I can tell you how to have a successful marriage. Be harmonious. Be sympathetic. Be brotherly, be kind-hearted, and be humble in spirit, both of you. You want to live together, and not just in a marriage. You want to have a good relationship with your family. You want to have a good relationship with each other, with your friends, with the person down the street you've never met. Make those four or five characteristics who you are. Because here's the thing. Let's say you, as the wife, are being that towards your husband, and he's not being that towards you doesn't matter because now nothing's going anywhere. Or flip-flop. If in the moment the husband is being sympathetic and kind-hearted and humble in spirit and the wife is just going berserk, it doesn't matter because the husband is being it right now. You work together in this. 
Every relationship can be summed up in that. Every successful relationship. Now, I'm not saying, and I know dating is a 21st century, 20th century concept. I'm not saying that if you are this in your dating relationships, I'm not saying if you're this in your friendships, then everything will go smoothly, it'll be perfect all the time, and nothing bad will ever happen. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you strive for this, you will not face something that you can't overcome. Relationship. Because you'll be too busy being humble with each other, being kind-hearted and sympathetic to think, well, I was hurt, so I'm not going to be that. I'm not telling you it's easy. This might be one of the hardest things that you would do when they have hurt you, something terrible. And you're looking at them and you're going, I don't want to be sympathetic to you. I don't want to hear about your day. I don't want to hear about what happened to you. I don't want to hear about it because I've had my own struggles today and you came in the door and all I wanted to do was have a hug and a kiss and say hi and you walked right by me. Now I'm not going to be nice to you tonight. That's how arguments happen and nobody even realizes it. Two hours later, you're fighting and not looking at each other and it's all because you didn't do one thing two hours ago. I've had a lot of, I, I was telling my dad earlier this week, it might have been on Thursday, it seems like my life has gone into this, not a rut, but this phase where for the past four years, every major thing that has happened has been me either having a conversation with somebody or them having a conversation with me about something bad, let's be honest, about something hard. How many times I sat down with people on Rise and had to talk to them and go, you can't do that. Let me give you an example. And I know I've told this story before. I'm going to tell it again. Anyway, I've told you about Christine on the first year of Rise, one of my good friends on that year of Rise. Um, and, and, and we got, I mean, just angry doesn't cover what we were at each other one time. For, for, for It was stupid reasons. There was stuff behind it on both of our ends that were not because of each other, but, but it blew up at each other. Which, right, it has a tendency to. When you trust somebody, when you're close to somebody, those are the people you tend to hurt more because you let your guard down around them. I didn't really know this verse right then, but I had the choice to be humble in spirit and be kind to her and be sympathetic and go, hey, I don't know what I did. Help me to understand what I did so I don't do it again. And so that maybe I can help you through, through this stuff. It was stupid on both ends, but it worked. And we both ended up coming to it with a humble spirit. We got through a massive bump that I have seen smaller things derail friendships, derail marriages. But when you come at, each, when you come at this situation and both of you are following this, something beautiful can happen. It doesn't mean there aren't consequences. It doesn't mean that it's not hard, but it's incredible. And then I love this in verse 9. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. How often do you want to bless people that are evil towards you? 1%? 0.01%? If you're me, it's never. So, 0%. But give them a blessing instead. Why? The one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ear attends to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Notice this doesn't say the one who desires to have a perfect life. The one who desires to have a financially successful life. This, this isn't a prosperity gospel thing. What it says is if you desire to love and to see life. If you desire this, turn away from evil. 
in the face of everything you want to do, turn away. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ear attends to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Going back to sum it all up. Wives, be submissive. Husbands, be understanding. You know how to do that? Be sympathetic. Be harmonious. Be brotherly. Be kind-hearted. Be humble in spirit. Because of what Christ has done for you, all of that, the previous two chapters leading up to this, because of all of that, be this. And that's it. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity that we have. God, thank you for the, the relationship that you show us. You know, your word says that we can love because you first loved us. We can do these things because of you. God, help us in every situation to be harmonious, to be kind-hearted. Help us to be submissive, to be understanding. Father, we love you. It's in the name of your son we pray. Amen and amen.